Hi there and welcome to episode 11 of Journey to the Good Stuff with me, Kelly Clark. Between 2019 and 2020, 5 million people lived in food poverty in the UK. In 2020, this was 8% of the UK population which rose to 9% in January 2021. With these staggering figures and household expenditure due to increase from April 2022, the worry is that these figures will get massively worse. Is there anything that we can do to combat this? Well, yes, there is. And my guests today are here to talk about the work that they've been doing to make a difference for people living in food poverty in our community. We have Katie Byrne, who's here representing the South Liverpool Zero Waste community, and Rachel Emblem, who's representing the Croxteth Community Garden. So let's have a little bit of a chat with the ladies and find out how they're making a difference as we journey to the good stuff. Thank you so much, Katie and Rachel, for joining me here today on Journey to the Good Stuff can't say how grateful I am not only for you joining me today but also for the work that you're both doing in the community in terms of challenging all of these kinds of thoughts around food waste and, it, and making sure that food is something that is available at every kind of opportunity and every level and can't thank you enough for, for the work that you're that you're both doing. In my previous two seasons I've been looking at bringing people together in terms of giving people hints and tips and ideas of how they can live their best life. But I feel like the way that the world is at the moment, I feel like we've got an opportunity here to encourage people to make a difference within their own communities. The world feels a little bit unstable with everything that's going on globally. And also we've got the cost of living, everything is going on the increase. And I know that people are afraid and nervous about how they're gonna cope and how they're gonna survive through these times. And I think there is this phrase that's going around at the moment, which is that people are gonna have to make the choice between heating and eating. And I think it's fantastic that there are projects that are happening right now and have been happening for a while within our communities that people aren't aware of. Can I start with you a little bit, Katie? Because I know I've spoken, to, I've known you for a long time now, haven't I, through church and, and the work that we do in our church. But I've also admired you from a distance for your community activism as well. You're a majorly creative person and you've used that creativity to support. So I know you were doing a lot of stuff when the pandemic broke out, weren't you, Katie? So can you tell us a little bit about the work that you did there? Because what I want people to realise from this episode is that to be able to make a difference in our communities, you don't have to be doing anything massive. You can start from something really small and it can grow. So can you tell us a little bit about the stuff that you were doing during the pandemic to support the NHS? Because I was I was so proud of you. <laughs> I was always promoting it whenever I could. So can you tell us a little bit about what you doing there uh yeah so i'm a teacher and my husband's on the clinically extremely vulnerable list so during the pandemic when the lockdown hit we were shielding uh, and at home and then i've got friends who are nurses and work in the hospital who told me that they were struggling for wash bags so they were coming home in their uniform getting changed before they went into their house uh, and needed a bag to put their clothes in to put straight into the washing machine and then obviously all the ppe was hurting behind their ears so they wanted fabric headbands to hook the masks onto because they were obviously bruised and red raw so i started to put them together um i started just myself sewing some bags so we just got some old bedding of the kids and started sewing some wash bags and headbands mm. I a call to friends and family via social media if anyone had any bedding cotton bedding that could be boil washed before we knew it, there was bin bags of bedding being dropped off outside the house. <laughs> um, at one point, I think we had 12 people signed up to help who were also sewing. So they would come and collect the bedding from outside my house. I would cut it up for them. They would go away and sew it. 
and we did hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of wash bags and headbands. Amazing. Donated buttons, fed. Uh, we had three sewing machines donated. Uh, that was really? Beginning. So we were people actually donated yeah, yeah, sewing machines as well? Wow. Yeah, yeah. And you were, doing, you were also making the masks as well, weren't you? Yeah. So I started making them uh, with Nick in mind. I wanted them to be comfortable to make sure that they fitted, that they didn't have gaps. Um, so yeah, so I tried out DT teacher head, tried out a few different um, <laughs> patterns, prototypes, you know, and then started making uh, masks as well. Again, hundreds of those. Yeah. Because I think people don't realise, do they? I think there are so many people that have got all of these skills that they just, and, and a lot of it comes from like hobby-based stuff that they yeah. enjoy. And we have an opportunity to turn those hobbies and those passions that we enjoy in our own lives outwards and to be able to use them to pay it forward and support our communities. And even though that was one, it might have seemed like one tiny little thing, I'm sure to the NHS, that was like so invaluable to the support that you gave during that time. The other people who came and helped, so, so we had people who would, volunteer to be the drivers to pick up the fabric from me wow. here and take it to other people for them to sew. Oh, we had people over the water who were sewing and then distributed it to Arrow Park. Amazing. We had people distributed to Alder here, to the Royal, to Broadgreen. We had other people who were taking it to hospital dish it out. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is like, I think we're really, really lucky here on Merseyside in the fact that we have got that kind of sense of spirit, haven't we? In in within, you know, the right across Merseyside that people will get involved and, and people will support our own and our own, you know, everybody who's part of Liverpool and beyond. And I think that's where the spirit of our city makes me really, really proud. But we kind of want to, we want to bring a little bit more of that out, don't we? And, and, and see how we can move forward with that and encourage everybody else to get involved. But yeah, I, lo I, I love that because teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> and I think we're all kind of looking to, to, to encourage more of, of that to happen. So now we, we fast forward through the pandemic and we come to, 2022 and life was kind of getting semi-normal are we, we semi-normal i don't know i don't, don't quite know what we are whether we're, whether we're back to, to normal yet but it's starting to feel a little bit more normal and i think for many of us we kind of thought that the moving out of the pandemic we'd come back to this sense of a different world where i was kind of hopeful that the that, that there would be a lot more opportunities for people to come together and support each other which there was during the the pandemic but we seem to have been spun on a bit of an axis to the way that the world has gone and the way that prices have been increasing. You know, thankfully, both of you are involved in projects that are helping to kind of combat that and come against those ideas. So, Rachel, I just wanted you to tell us a little bit about the Croxley Community Garden, because I think I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing in terms of you know, encouraging people to get involved in, in growing food. And can you just tell us a little bit about what the project um, is is aiming to do and, and, you know, how long you've been established and, and, and how you're encouraging the community to get involved in this? Uh, yeah, so I set up uh, Crocs Community Garden three years ago. Yeah. We were in a different location on some private land, but that didn't really work out. It wasn't the right place for us. So we relocated two years ago to where we are now, which is just off the East Lanks in Croxford. And we grow fresh fruit and veg for anyone in the community to come and help themselves to. Amazing. And we've kind of evolved from that into um, a drop-off hub for people to bring any surplus food to just distribute to the community to help people who maybe are struggling a little bit, maybe struggling to feed families, but also to stop that food going into the bin, really, you know, just mm. to try and stop that food waste. 
Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned about the, the food drop-off hub, but what kinds of food do you get and dropped off um, regularly? Initially, it started with um, Ian Byrne, our MP, contacted us and he set up fan supporting food banks. So they give us whatever they happen to have that week. Sometimes it's loads and loads of fresh veg, sometimes it's bread, sometimes it's frozen chips. You know, it really is a huge, wide range of things. And then more recently, we've had a lovely lady called Cleo has been dropping off yellow sticker food that she comes across and brings to us. And Myersco College in Croxteth Park have been giving us their leftover sandwiches twice a week. So anything really, sometimes it looks like the making of a roast dinner. Sometimes it's sandwiches for the kids' fat lunches. Sometimes it's tins of food or salads. Sometimes we get in bags of crisps and bags of chocolate. So really anything, you know, everyone deserves a treat once in a while, don't they? How much you're earning and what you can buy. Yeah, definitely. They certainly do. Because at the end of the day, I think that's the one thing we do kind of take for granted, don't we? That like we just assume that everybody is in a position where they're able to eat. And the reality is now that they're not. I found some figures online that blew my mind a little bit. Um, I was looking at it and it was talking about how the UK throws away 9.5 million tonnes of food waste every single year. But we've got 8.4 million people in the UK who are in food poverty. Now, we could basically solve that whole problem just by not throwing that food away and making sure that people eat. It kind of blew my mind a little bit. And obviously, I know that that it's happening. I know that we do stuff each year, Katie, don't we, in church, where we kind of do things at Christmas and certain points of the year where we we try and help the homeless. And we've got our food bank that's there regularly where we have donations and, and we give to, you know, we support Micah and the cathedrals and stuff. I do think we sometimes take for granted that we can go to our cupboards and we know that we're going to be able to rustle something up quickly even if you know even if it is a couple of tins of beans and a and a few eggs at the end of the month with on, on toast and stuff we, we know that we can we can do that whereas there are many people within our cities and, and beyond who can't um so i think what you're doing is absolutely amazing both of you in terms of just making sure that people can eat which is you wouldn't think that in 2022 in the uk that we're having to even consider this at all and um i'm really grateful for 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 what you're both doing so katie you got involved and have been doing some stuff with south liverpool zero waste community haven't you um that have been quite established for a little bit of time now um and you've started recently bringing well, actually, I'm not going to give the game away. You tell us a little bit about what, what uh, South Liverpool Zero Waste have been doing and yeah, and, and give us a bit more information about how, how people can uh, get involved and, and what's happening there. Yeah, so South Liverpool Zero Waste community uh, was set up by a friend of mine and starting with the pandemic with, uh, I think, Yellow Sticker, similar to what Rachel said. I think like the Olio apps, the saving food, and she would get surplus and kind of put it in a porch and then say to the neighbours, please come help yourself. And then from there, I think with a few other neighbours, they got together and thought we can take this bigger. There is much more food that needs to be saved. So they now collect food from a number of supermarkets a number of times a day and hold a number of events where people go along and are given bags of food or essentially can do a whole shop and just take what they need. She's been trying to get me to do it in North Liverpool for quite a while. A little bit hesitant, but she called me a few weeks ago, three, four weeks ago, and said, There's a pickup at your end of the city that we can't collect. Can you go get it and give it out to the street? My street is very community minded. During the pandemic, we did lots of food sharing. People were ordering online if they had surplus. We were all cooking for each other and passing around the street and so on. 
So I went along and picked it up and was just shocked at this one. That this food, these four trays of food would have just gone in the bin. So there and then myself and two other neighbours just kind of instantly made a decision that we can't let this happen in our end of the city. It's gone from there. So in four weeks, we now have a, a team of people. We are going to soup um, and are picking up the most astonishing amount of food that is just sickening that it would have gone in the bin. Hundreds and hundreds of loaves of bread, untold crates of fruit and vegetables. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to get out to as many people as we can, wherever we can, as soon as we can. Yeah, because I know you've been bringing some stuff in into church for people to take at the end of church and then they can, you know, have it for themselves or they can give out to people in their communities and stuff like that. And the stuff that you've been bringing in, trays of bread, pita bread, yeah. fruits, vegetables, flowers at one point, you know, there was like so much food that was cakes and all. Yeah, it was, I was I was actually really shocked. And that's why, you know, I just, it, it it actually does blow your mind. And when you see it right there in front of you and you look and you just think, wow, supermarkets are mm. literally throwing this away because it doesn't have the, the, the date on it that, that's suitable for people. When actually a lot of these foods that are being thrown away are perfectly good to still be eaten. It just absolutely blows my mind that this is, is still happening, really. So you've been setting up a little shop in your area. We do a number of things. We call it the street shop. So we essentially street just shop. put the crates out. People come and help themselves. And we boost it on a WhatsApp group. I think we need to start looking bigger, I think, and maybe social media. But we post and say, here it is. Here's some photographs. Please come help yourself. And people just give us a thumbs up if they were able to collect something. We just mm-hmm. need to know for charity numbers how many households are taking it. Not what people take. It doesn't matter whether how much or little people take. Mm-hmm. Just how many households it's helping. And that's all we need for charity numbers. And we are also taking it today. We are taking crates of food to youth groups, um, to church, on different churches, charity organisations, vulnerable families, anywhere and everywhere we can think of. That we can yeah. take it and they can make use of it as well. Yeah, I think we need to emphasise that all of this food is free as well. You know, mm-hmm. all this food is free. There is, there is no charge. I know that fan supporting food banks are doing some amazing work with the pantries that they've got set up across the city i know we've got one in the millennium center over at saint mary's church in west derby where you know rob and the team there are doing amazing work in terms of i think it's something like is it about three pound fifty or something like that i don't know the exact figures i will post it on my instagram but i think it's about three pounds fifty and you can get between 20 and 30 pounds worth of food for that so you know there are opportunities happening right across the whole city and i think that was what i was saying about like how i love the spirit of merseyside is that people will come together in a crisis and go do you know what if if governments and systems that are here to support us aren't going to support us in the way that's necessarily needed then we will we will do it for ourselves which is great so yeah i would encourage people to if there are opportunities to donate food to continue to do that because i think that was one of the things that I heard in my other job on, on on our news in my other job was that a lot of people now because of all of this cost of living and because of the increases in the fuel and, and, and energy and petrol and all of these things a lot of people who would generally normally make donations to food banks by picking up a few extra bits might not necessarily be in the position to be able to do that now which is why the work that both of you were doing in some ways is going to become even more vital so Rachel, I was I was having a little bit of a look at your Instagram and I was noticing that you've got the community already getting involved in loads of, of different ways. So how have the community been getting involved and supporting in the garden? 
So a portion of the garden we have set aside to be um, what I'm calling community beds. So we've got some raised beds already built and we get people like the beavers, local schools, uh, rangers come along and um, they will use that bed to plant whatever they want in there. The kids can choose what to plant, look after their own crops and then they can harvest those crops when they're ready. So I really love getting the kids into the garden. They come and they run around and they try and find little bits to eat. They love the golden raspberries, especially. Arguments over these golden raspberries. Um, (laughs) And they come and eat things that the parents say they would never eat. You know, they'll be eating kale straight out the ground. And um, yeah, it's really lovely to see these children coming in and loving being in the garden and loving learning about where food comes from. Amazing. And I think that's the good thing, isn't it? Is that, you know, I think you take that pride in having been involved in that and growing it yourself that you probably would be more likely to, to eat it. I'd love, <laughs> love, I keep saying to my boys all the time, I'd love us if we, we were kind of growing stuff because my eldest will eat all kinds of different stuff, but my youngest, not a chance. So it'd be great if, if they took that kind of ownership and you know i think they would be more inclined to even just try and taste these things when they know that they've grown it themselves so not only are we combating growing food to support the community we're also encouraging our children to kind of have that more inquisitive mind when it comes to food but also the opportunity to try out different things and see what they like so i think that's fantastic but i think you what you do want more people to get involved rachel don't you as part of the the community to kind of take ownership of it and support how can people get involved to volunteers we're very welcome to volunteers and the great thing about the garden is there's no gates it's open 24 7 you know you don't need permission for me to come along and but if people want to get in touch on social media i can point them in the right direction they don't need to be expert gardeners you know i can tell them what needs weeding what needs planting maybe just come and water um yeah i think it's a good opportunity as well because obviously you know it's especially now that we're coming into spring, it's a good opportunity for people to support their mental health as well because they can get involved in something that's active. They can become part of, you know, a little mini community of, of, of support and, 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 you know, talking to each other. And, and it gives people an opportunity. I'm not the great, greatest gardener. I'll be honest, I'd be grudge. <laughs> I'd be grudge doing my own garden at times. Um, but I think it's just really, I know when I do get the kids involved with me, it makes it more fun and it makes it more interesting and things get done a little bit more quicker. And I think now that the weather's starting to change, it is a good opportunity for, to get the community out and get people involved and support their mental health and also do a little bit of good for the community as well. So, Casey, I know that South Liverpool Zero Waste are also looking for volunteers in terms of coming together to, to support. Yes, so uh, volunteers are always needed both the South Liverpool and now North team and driving to the supermarket, even if it's just a short amount of time, please get in touch. Volunteers are always, always very, very welcome. So the kinds of roles that you're looking for then are, there's there's so many things. And I think, I think it's good for other areas of the city as well, because they can get involved through, they can contact South Liverpool and, and have a chat with them about establishing them within their own communities, can't they? And then maybe see if we can spread it not just north and south Liverpool, but to east and west and right across the whole city. And let's see if we can yeah. get a community of doing their bit. Because you're going to need, obviously, as you mentioned, then you're going to need drivers, people going to supermarkets, people having those local links, people who can find different places where the food can be dis- distributed and, and all yeah. of that, that kind of stuff. So it, it's great. 
based upon the, the, the conversations that you've been having with the um, the crux of the community garden and with the zero waste are there any other ways do you think that people could support in terms of trying to make sure that that everybody has the same opportunity to to eat across the city what kind of other things do you think we could encourage people to do things i'm starting up in school okay. nothing's in the pipeline yet but there's a few things that starting um heads asked me to get involved with one is i think something to do with Dilla and it's like they they've got a kitchen garden yeah so um I'm going to start taking groups of people down and they're going to learn to work with them and um, to get the food that they're growing and work with them. There's another charity I was involved in in the lockdown as well, Kelly. Um, but it is London-based, but they are, it's it's um, online. It's teams based on telephone. But I think if there's enough will, you could kind of, there could be a, you know, a Merseyside version set up. And it's called Bags of Taste. So what I was doing during the lockdown was they've got funding, I think lottery funding, they give out bags of food to people who apply who um don't have a lot of income who aren't confident cooking oh, wow. so rely maybe on processed foods or ready foods or takeaways and then they're given a bag of food and then and recipes and then they go through step by step and cook it wow. and then i'm there on a set day on a set time over the phone or on teams or on whatsapp to talk them through it and then they post pictures of what they've made and there's lots of encouragement coming like oh it's so fantastic you've done that really well and then they start saying oh maybe i could add this add that and it's just that kind of community I think there is somebody up here doing that. I'm sure it was the Gateway Collective. It might be over Sefton, yeah. kind of boot way. But I'm sure they were doing that in lockdown on Zoom. Yeah, delivering the bags to the house. So. Yeah, this was London. So my, I did it a couple of times. So my teams that I had of people, they were all based in like Hackney, London. And, you know, and so it was a bit strange with the accent. They couldn't understand me. But... <laughs> Well, they're going to have to get used to the accent because the Scousers are taking over the world. <laughs> no, well, I think, I mean, I think that's it, isn't it? Is that like a lot of people don't necessarily have the skills because I don't really, I know that, that, you know, you know, we had to, is it food tech now? Food tech. Home economics in my day. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so they have, they have food tech technology now, but not everybody has the skills to be able to kind of cook a, a meal from scratch. And I think projects like that would be absolutely amazing and, and i know we've got the hello freshers and all of these kinds of different things that are happening but you can't always afford to do them they, they are they can be quite expensive and spending out on all of the takeaways that you know all of these brands that i probably should have should have had shares in in the past because of the amount of money i've spent in them i'm actually finding now that i'm on this bit of a health kick myself that I, my money is actually going so much further when i cook the food myself and you know i think that's what we kind of need to do so you know we've got a lot of food that could be given out through food waste that people could make meals from a lot of stuff that people could take from the community gardens that could be used you know ingredients to kind of start their own meals and i think there's loads of opportunities here for great stuff that can come and i think you made a really good point there katie about the schools you know you you said that you know de la salle have got a community garden it links a little bit back to what what rachel was saying in terms of the, our young people have got an opportunity here to kind of literally go and grow and create their own food and learn how to do it. I've got friends in the community who are always going and picking wild fruit off trees and, and you know, doing all of this stuff. And people kind of look at them like, why would you even do that? It's like, where do you think it comes from? <laughs> where do you think the food comes from in the first place? It's grown. And if people have got the skills to be able to grow their own foods, which is why what you're doing is, is so powerful, Rachel, you know, it, it's half the battle in some ways, isn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, our new project that we're trying to get up off the ground at the moment is to create a community orchard. Oh, wow. So I'm hoping that across Croxteth, there'll just be fruit trees for anybody just to come and help themselves to. There'll be apples, plums, pears, anything. Um, But I also want to give a few trees to each of the schools. We've had a few schools that are interested in it. Um, So again, that's, you know, getting the kids involved and just eating the freshest food, seeing where it comes from, helping look after it. And, you know, it just benefiting them in every way. I mean, I think we do, we, we do, we literally do. I had a conversation with a friend of mine about, about foods and where it comes from. And, you know, I think we do, we literally do take it for granted because not only would we be growing our own foods and making sure we get it straight away, we'd be combating things like climate change in terms of like plastic packaging and wrapping and all of this kinds of stuff that, that is used from the supermarkets. And that's not to, obviously that's not to take away from the fact that you, we do need our supermarkets and, and, you know, in terms of being quick and accessible and also be providing job opportunities for, for people and stuff. But at the same time, there could come a time in our lives where we're not going to have the same the same opportunities to be able to get access to these things particularly with the increases of the prices of everything and food shortages in shops at the moment you know and especially during the pandemic but if we could grow our own then that would kind of give us more opportunities to be able to make sure that more people are getting fed and, and supported do you know of any other kind of projects that are happening with community gardens across the rest of the city have you got any links with any of the any other projects it would do in similar work across the city there are loads yeah wherever you live in liverpool there'll be a community garden local to you amazing yeah amazing and i think it'd be fantastic wouldn't it if we could get everybody linked in some sort of i don't know like a a community of foods activists who want to make sure which is which is what we we are dead lucky because obviously we've got fans with food fans you know fans of for food banks we've got um people who are doing a lot of stuff we've got the big help project and and all of our pantries across the city and zero waste and the community gardens and it'd be fantastic if we could kind of link all of those together and encourage people to get involved the liverpool food growers association would be some great people to get in touch with they're trying to link everybody together and get people growing food yeah which i think is 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 great isn't it because my cousin she she plants all of her own herbs and stuff in the garden but i would not have a clue i am not good <laughs> when it comes to plants i bring them in the house and then they live for a little while and then they they die so i'm not very good at looking after them and i think what you're doing and, and what all of, of the other the organizations are doing is giving people the actual skills because it is it is it is a skill that you know something that would need to be to be learned in terms of you know making sure that the crops do survive and having the awareness of how the the environment does have an impact on that and the seasons that you know you know we need to make sure that things are grown in in order for for the crops to be taken when they're ready and stuff so i think sometimes there will be people who want to grow food but are hesitant because they're scared they don't know how to grow it or where to start or they think they have to have a great big massive garden yes. um, and get involved in a community garden something like that is a way of somebody holding hand as you do it you know and almost showing you gently how to do it and giving you the you know just the belief that you can do it yeah so then you it, could go away and they can grow it then themselves at home definitely because i think that's what it is with me i just wouldn't have a clue where to start and i think a lot of people will be in the same boat and as, as you're saying you know there are people out there who are doing it so why not come along get involved learn those skills and then you know start your own little thing there are some people who are doing it in like um 
like window boxes and garden boxes and things, aren't they? They just start and my friends, Jenny does it actually. Jenny Fee, she does. She she was growing little bits of of stuff in her garden and I, I mean, it, I I I've got to say I do admire people who who do have green fingers and can get out there and do it because I'm just I just do not have the confidence to know that I will be able to bring bring that plant from a seed to something better and bigger than that. So yeah, I think it's fantastic what you're doing. See? My view is it's always worth a go. If you can yeah. shove some seeds in a bit of soil, then you're either going to feed yourself or you've lost a pound on a packet of seeds. Exactly, you know, I, yeah. I just think it's worth that risk. Potatoes are really easy as well, aren't they? So yeah. I quite often yeah. put potatoes in a bag, just get like even an old, you know, a, a soil bag, a few holes in the bottom, put your potatoes in and then just forget about them. And then they'll let you know when they're ready. And that's it. It's as simple as that. Potatoes really? are so easy to grow. Something we're doing at the community garden at the moment is um, we're running a horticulture course. We get um, oh, wow. a lecturer from Mysco College yeah. once a week on a Thursday morning, and that's open to anybody 19 plus. So, yeah, anybody can kind of join at any time. You don't have to sign up on day one. You can you can come and go. So if people do want to come and learn a little bit of gardening, and that would be if they could go in touch. Amazing. I think that's the 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 crux of it, isn't it? Is that like we do have opportunities here. We've got no excuses really to not be able to feed our communities. There are enough people out there who are putting their heads together and seeing how we can tackle this and seeing how we can support. So I think the kind of takeaway from all of this for me is like if you want to support and if you want to kind of make a difference, there are opportunities for you to get involved there through the community gardens, through donating, through food fans and food banks and all of the other pantries and, and you know, the food banks that are already established, making sure that you kind of, you know, go and pick stuff up from all the, the community centres and youth centres that are getting involved in the zero waste projects that are happening. I think I get that people are worried because, you know, we're all worried about whether we're going to have enough to kind of stretch that little bit further than we've than we've been used to in the past but i think it's also quite exciting because this could be a kind of turning point in terms of us doing things that are more sustainable and more you know supportive to our environment i, I read something that said eight percent of greenhouse gas emissions each year are just because of food waste and food loss which i think is huge isn't it really when you think about it in the in the grand scheme of things so just being involved in projects like this could make that little little bit of difference that could support all of us and make sure our kids and our grandkids and all that have a safe world that we can all be a part of. I think it's thinking about things like, do we really need strawberries in December that have come all the way from Egypt? You know, can yeah. we out them and just eat them fresh out your garden in the summer? And, and they're a lot tastier. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, those those winter strawberries are not always not as good as the spring ones. <laughs> no, I think I think you're totally right because we do, and, and also to get the strawberries here from Egypt, the, the 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 distance that it has to travel just to be able to get it on our shelves, is also having an impact on on the world around us. So, the um, CO two emissions of of transporting the food across is massive, but then obviously when the food is sent to landfill, then again you've got those emissions. Mm. There as well as the resources involved in growing foods in terms of the water, in terms of the soil is obviously is, is massive. And it's strange that we bring foods in from around the world. So we're never, ever going to be able to grow bananas here. Ever. Mm. Gonna happen. Our climate isn't suited to that. But there are many, many foods that we do grow really, really well in this country, yet we don't take enough advantage of them. You know, potatoes, carrots, onions, fruit, vegetables, 
apples. We have so many different varieties of apples here. So many foods native to us in the UK and our climate mm. grow exceptionally well here. And actually anyone with a pot in the garden could grow those foods because they are suited to our climate. Yeah. Or tropical ones, perhaps you might struggle trying to grow something a bit more exotic. Yeah. You would be okay with those. Yeah, and it's not to say that we can't still access those things, is it? Do you know what I mean? If we still want those things, we can still access them. I think a lot of the, I think the world now has made us a little bit entitled, hasn't it? And we want everything right now, right here, right now. Whereas really, we've got an opportunity to readdress all of that and look at the way that we live because our lifestyles are so busy and so hectic. You know, I do it myself, I run in and I'll just grab something off the shelf and go, okay, that's what I'll have for tea tonight because I haven't got time because I've got to do this, this and this when I get home and I'm not going to have the time to sit and do a, a full meal. Well, actually, if we took a step back from it and just, you know, looked at things a little bit differently and tried to take that out of it, it would it would make a difference for, for all of us long term, really, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay, so I, I think it just remains for me to say really then a massive thank you to both of you and to all of the teams and people that are around you that are supporting these projects in terms of making sure that our communities have got food and can come and access food in, in the communities and in you know and come to the garden and take away some of the food for the food hub and you know going around and, and giving out the zero waste stuff. So I, I think it you know I just want to say a massive thank you for, for doing all of that work and to the, the pantries and the food banks and, and all the amazing people who, who do all of those work right across our whole country. Do you have a way on social media that people can um, find out some more information if they want to? Rachel, you, I know you have some Instagram stuff set up, don't you? Yeah, so on Instagram and Twitter, we are at Croxteth Garden. Or if you search Croxteth Community Garden on Facebook, you find us. Just send us a message if you want to get in touch. That's fantastic. And Katie, what about the, the zero waste stuff that's happening? So on Facebook, it's South Liverpool Zero Waste Community. Um, and on Instagram, it's um s l z um w c amazing well thank you so much ladies for joining me today i hope you're feeling better soon rachel rachel's done this for not feeling too well and has jumped in to make sure that we kind of have the opportunity to promote what's going on so thank you so much for that and thank you katie and um yeah let's keep doing what we do ladies i can't say thank you enough on behalf of our communities for making sure that people have the chance to eat so thank you so much and thank you for joining me on journey to the good stuff Thank you so much to Katie and to Rachel for joining me today on Journey to the Good Stuff. We do take for granted the fact that we can just generally eat and I'm so grateful to all of the teams for the work that they're doing to make sure that we can combat food poverty and support those that need it the most, ensuring that they don't have to choose between heating and eating. If you would like to find out more information or get involved with the work that they're doing over at the charities, you can follow them on Instagram and get in touch on um, for the zero waste um, work. You would contact them through Instagram at south underscore Liverpool zero waste. And if you want to get in touch um, with Rachel and the team over at the Croxteth Garden, it's at Croxteth Garden. There's also um, at Fan Support and Food Banks and also the Liverpool Food Growers Network that you can get involved with if you're interested in supporting those too. So yeah, let's go and do what we can and let's continue to journey to the good stuff. <laughs>